Okay, this is episode 21 of Ruminate. I'm Rob Lewis, and with me as always is John Voorhees. Good morning, John. Hey, Rob, how you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, we're just discussing, we've both got a three-day weekend, which is nice. Yeah, it's always great. I mean, I get a lot of stuff done on these three-day weekends, um, you know, I, and I have a little opportunity to drive around in my car, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah, this is, this is an episode of uh, us buying all the things. Yeah, we did. We spent a little too much money recently. <laughs> I think both of us, especially me. But uh, anyway, um, why don't we just dive right in? Because I know you had some follow-up about the Raspberry Pi, because basically the minute we released this, um, the last episode, uh, there was some news about the Raspberry Pi Zero, right? Uh, yeah, so what I uploaded, uh, I generally upload the episode kind of Monday at about nine o'clock, maybe half eight in the morning. Um, and maybe 20 minutes after I'd uploaded it, uh, scheduled, you know, for the release later, um, the Pi Zero was back in stock because uh, they've added a, a connector for the, uh, there's a camera uh, connection kit that you can kind of get um, for adding a camera and doing, you know, all sorts of webcams and security, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, those are those are kind of back in stock and available to buy. Okay. How does the camera part work? Is it is it USB or what? I assume it is, right? Uh, no, it's, it's a special... I don't. I don't know enough about it to explain it, but it, I don't think it goes through the USB. I think it goes on one of these uh, straight into like the graphics board or something. One like of that? these, yeah, one of the pin sections that are on it. God, we sound like we don't know anything about this. Yeah, but, um, no, I don't know. I have not paid much attention to the Pi Zero. I probably should. No, um, but this could... is a the camera kit. I believe go. It can uh, go to the Raspberry Pi Three as well. Um, yeah, you know, so you can create all sorts of things. I've seen people kind of do. Uh, like time-lapse photographs they've kind of built a little enclosure and stuck it on their roof um to do time-lapse that kind of thing uh-huh. um so yeah literally a few minutes after i pressed the button to schedule the episode uh what we'd said was out of date so yeah it gives me some ideas maybe i'll make some make some things and automate some things it might be uh hmm okay yeah we'll so, see um I, I think that was it for follow-up it was just that that one yeah. thing um that seems to happen to us more often than not uh we say something and then it's out of date before the episodes come out yeah, and it's not our fault we're not wrong it's just that things happen exactly um so yeah i think that was it for follow-up um the, the first of many things we're going to talk about today of buying things um i've got an emoji domain now yeah i saw that you know i i could i could barely resist i had to just like close that tab immediately after i saw you and and mike hurley buying emoji domains i i thought you know i, I cannot drop uh i cannot jump down this rabbit hole yeah so i got i, I originally just wanted the the thinking face um because of course he is you know he's the lord and savior of emojis it is the best emoji well he is your emoji i think you've basically made him yours and and, and no one else is allowed to use that without paying you a fee exactly um but unfortunately that wasn't available on its own uh so i got the little uh the little collision um i think it's i think it's called boom if you search for it in slack but the, the official name is the collision symbol um so it's collision symbol thinking face collision symbol dot ws um, yes it's a little bit it's a little bit like the thinking face with um with fireworks coming out of his ears exactly um so it's kind of interesting how these work you're not actually um, so emojis kind of get encoded to a string, um, right? So with it's not, the, uh, it's, it's yeah, not f- with the UTC. Oops, sorry, the UTC symbols, right? I mean, uh, the enco- UTC encoding, right? Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of strange because it's not. Um, so I've got three emoji symbols there, but it's not three separate encoding strings. There's kind of an encoding for all three of them as one string. Um, oh, really? So yeah, so the actual domain is XN 
dash dash and then a load of uh, letters and numbers. Um, but uh, places like Tweetbot will, uh, you know, render emoji.ws. You know, they, they will render those properly as links. Um, and I kind of tongue in cheek reported this as a bug to Slack um, because they they don't render them as links. Yeah, I doubt many people do. Or who who is determining what the string is that for a combination of emoji is that something that is somehow hooked into the you know the um god you know i said utc encoding before we got to take that out no it's it's fine john i know what you meant <laughs> you, i know i'm thinking oh i meant unicode <laughs> um, i think it is time. a standard um that, that they kind of get encoded to because there's a there's a few different uh like generators online where you give it an emoji and it'll give you the string um which is how i worked out what string i needed uh i didn't realize yeah i didn't realize that uh the strings are different though when you combine the different emoji i wonder why that is as opposed to just being like some sort of way of concatenating existing strings you know what i mean yeah it's kind of interesting it's it, it's also weird that even though it is specifically just a string um i think they all start with xn dash dash so they're only supported by certain uh tlds um, they're only supported yeah. by ws and i think there's one other that they're supported by um which is kind of a shame because if other tlds were supported you know i could just have the thinking face on its own but um you know and right now it just just redirects to my site because i just bought it and i got excited i just didn't want didn't want to miss out <laughs> Well, I had to look it up because I I wasn't I wasn't uh, able to figure out on my own what the WSTLD is. It's for Samoa. Well, there you go. The government of Samoa, Western Samoa, to be exact. That's where the W comes from. Well, they are they're obviously they're on point with their uh, emoji uh, standards and games, I guess. According to Wikipedia, it is just Samoa now, but back in the day in the seventies, it was Western Samoa, so that's where the W comes from. Because everybody's got to have, you know, everybody's got to have a two-letter uh, country code. I know a lot about those from uh, making blink links. Yeah. <laughs> and I know a lot of country codes as a result, but I didn't know WS. It doesn't come up very often. I don't think that it's, uh, I don't, and I'm not sure that Samoa is in the uh, in iTunes uh, affiliate program. Little known right. fact. Well, there you go. We're always learning. Um, so you didn't buy an emoji <laughs> domain, right? You managed to stop I did yourself. Not. I, you know what? I couldn't find one that just captured me, so I did. Fair enough. It. I think Mike bought two or three. He's got microphone.ws. He's got uh, robot and geekface.ws for Cortex. Uh, Frank bought one as well. So uh, yeah, for what did Frank buy? I can't remember. Do you remember? Frank bought the it's the the gun and then a face. Oh yeah, and then yeah, the yeah, yeah. thing which is kind of. Um, it's very kind frank. Of, you, know, you know what it is? It's very Scott Pilgrim is what it is. Exactly. It's a reference to the... Uh, to I'm not, I can't remember. I guess it's the scene where the girl kind of shoots herself and, and we get the, the boom text come up on the screen. So. Yes, yes. I'll, we'll put the gif in the show notes. It's, it's not as morbid as it sounds. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> so um, on to number two of uh, what Rob and John bought this week. Um, you bought something slightly more expensive. Yeah, I got a car, and I didn't mean to buy a car. I mean, it wasn't like an accident, but my old my, <laughs> You my didn't old just go car, out for bread or something. <laughs> no, no, I didn't just like go out for bread and come back with a car. I my I had an old car that was like 15 years old, and one of my kids was out driving around about an hour and a half away from my house. He turned a corner, and the wheels started coming off the car, basically, because <laughs> the frame had come apart. Um, it was that old, and it was that messed up. Um, and I was just trying to get it to go. I knew it was in bad shape, and I was just trying to get it through another year 
uh, so two of my three boys would be out of the house in college. Um, but it, the car decided it was just time to go. And I got, I ended up selling it to the junkyard for a hundred dollars. Um, so that car was gone and I need another car, especially right now. There's, we got a lot going on at home and I have, you know, four drivers in my house. So we went out and leased a Honda during the week. And there's only really one thing that I wanted from my car. And this is why I bought a Honda and not something else, uh, was I wanted uh, to try out CarPlay. And my wife wanted heated seats. So we had, we had very particular requirements of this car. It had nothing to do with how the car works. We don't, we're not really car people. We don't really, this is like the anti-neutral because I really don't care. As long as it gets me somewhere and it doesn't cost too much money, I'm fine. Yeah, that sounds um, like a car to me. That's... <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, low maintenance, decent gas mileage, that kind of stuff. But so we have CarPlay in our car now and it's, it's pretty cool. Um, I've enjoyed using it, although I haven't, I haven't given it. I haven't used it that much yet, but I can kind of give you my first impressions. Yeah, go for it. I mean, there's not too many apps, really, that support it, right? No, I mean, I guess the good thing is you don't have to, you don't have to necessarily, you don't have to, you know, download a, a separate app. It's all just app, existing apps have support built into them. Um, and I did find, I think there's a 9 to 5 Mac article that had a pretty good list that came out uh, less than six months ago, pretty good list of Apps that apps that support it. Um, right out of the box, I had two on my phone already. I had Overcast and Spotify. Um, I haven't actually tried Spotify yet, but Overcast worked really well. Um, the car actually has two different screens on it. It's got the main screen where you control CarPlay, but then it's got more of like a monitoring screen that's above that that can be cycled between things like information about the car and and the music and that kind of thing. So I can actually see it what's playing in a couple of different places, but you know, it, and it works really well. I've, um, I've tried overcast, um, I've tried music and I've tried iMessage and all you really need to do is just plug your phone in with a lightning cable into a USB slot. That's right under the radio in the center of the, of the dashboard and set it there. And this is the added benefit of its charging while you're doing that. Um, and it uses, you know, the cellular connection for your phone to, uh, stream anything that you need. So I tried, I tried Overcast, listened to a couple podcasts. I, I used Siri to search for and play some music. And then while I was driving around, somebody sent me an iMessage, uh, and you can have it read back to you, and you can respond. And I sent a test message out to Federico because uh, I think I want to write about this at some point. And uh, that's about it, I guess. I mean, the the thing that struck me most most about it so far is that as hard as as bad as Siri sometimes seems when you're just trying to use it out and about, it's really nice in the car because the thing about CarPlay is that the hardware is an Apple hardware. And I've heard, I know it's true for Honda, but I, I, and I've heard it's true for a lot of other car manufacturers that their screens aren't that great. So the, the screen, if I want to interact with the screen, it's not capacitive. It's it's kind of one of those mushy ones where you have to kind of push a little bit. Right, um, yeah. So, so, yeah, so scrolling is awful in particular. Um, play and pause and that kind of thing or skip, that's all pretty easy because you just have to poke the screen. You don't have to actually swipe. But swipes don't work very well. Um, and in that context, in the car, and especially compared to like other car audio interfaces that I've tried before, like I tried Ford's, we, we had a Ford and try, I've tried that. Um, and that's pretty terrible, but so compared to those things, Siri is really nice. I mean, it has all the, 
the warts that Siri kind of has already. But when you are driving and don't want to be poking around at a screen, using Siri works really well. There's just a button on the steering on the steering wheel that you you know you press it, and it does a little beep beep from Siri, and you say whatever you're going to say, and then it works. <laughs> so it worked. It worked great. Yeah, this is nice. I mean. Uh, when when Jess was Jess was looking for a you know new CD player CD player a new head unit for a car she wanted Bluetooth and things like that and you know yeah. I, I kind of said to her oh, you know why don't we why don't we get one with CarPlay just because I wanted to try it out pretty much um, yeah but the actual head units on their own are like five six hundred pounds um, yeah they're they're really expensive if you buy them by the by themselves and I think there are only a, still a couple of them that are made right now. Yeah, I think I only found two. I think there was one that was five hundred and one one that was six hundred. I couldn't really tell the difference between the two. Um, and this kind of goes to something else we're going to talk about in a bit. But I noticed that in uh, Google I/O, and uh, Google re- uh, announced that um, Android p- Car thing. I can't remember yeah. what it's called, but their yeah. their equivalent of CarPlay um, is going to become an app in in Android Nine. Um, and you can just kind of launch the app, and it becomes the CarPlay equivalent. Um, so you can kind of just do it on any any Android phone, and just kind of mount it. Um, so I think that's kind of an interesting, uh, kind of different way of doing it, uh, without yeah. having to have like a kind of dedicated, uh, you know, either a dedicated car like yours, um, or you know, one of these uh, third party head units. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's nice to kind of have the same computer in the car as the one that you're carrying around all day. Right. Yeah, no, I think it's good. I mean, I've had plenty of experiences in the past with cars with things like GPS units and things that, you know, you tend to you tend to keep your car for a pretty long time, at least I do. And and that stuff always got outdated long before anything else. And at least when it's, you know, tied to the tech in your phone, you can replace your phone phone more frequently and and kind of as a result update what's in your your car as well. Um my car does support the Android. I think it's Android Car and Android Auto. I totally forget the name too, but it supports the Android version of this too. But I think I have to for Android. I'd have to download something they told me, um, and I assume maybe it's the app that you're talking about, or it's you know the the precursor to that that app. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's kind of interesting the way it works because it's a little like AirPlay when you plug this in. Uh, it takes you know a second for it to show up on the on the screen. Um, but it's more than AirPlay because obviously you can interact with the icons and things. Um, and for instance, when I go to the home screen that shows music and iMessage and all the other apps that have CarPlay integration, there's one for Honda too, which I haven't actually even opened yet, but, but I don't know, like, where did that come from? I mean, that's coming (laughs) from the car, from the car somehow, right? It's not on my phone. So there's, there's definitely more going on there than just, um, than just AirPlay when you uh when you do it that way and that, it, it's funny because you also when i poke around through this uh, electronics of this car and this car's got way more electronics than i'm used to i've not had this high tech a car before but it has a lot of legacy stuff that honda used to have their own um app system and it has like standalone pandora and all kinds of other things that you can which are really kind of useless now that you can use Android or, or Apple on it, but they keep them on there anyway. And it makes the whole interface a little confusing until you plug in a phone. And then once you plug in a phone, it's like, oh, I'll just go to CarPlay, and then it's a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting what you say about, um, you know, cars coming with, you know, sat-nav and, and GPS and apps and things like that. Because, 
you know some of those as well from various manufacturers are like linked to a subscription service so you know i i've been in a few cars you know friends and family and stuff like that where they've clearly got like sat nav or gps built in but because they don't pay the subscription anymore they've basically just got this dead screen um right you know that, that mostly doesn't do anything so yeah as you say i think carplay or, or you know android auto which i think you you know you did get the name right there i think it is android auto um you know, stuff like that's definitely a much better way of doing it. Yeah, we had at one point a, a car that had GPS, and it was back when it was built into DVDs that were in a little box under one of the front seats. And to upgrade the D- the DVDs was something they were they wanted something like two or three hundred dollars. When I could go out and buy like a you know a, a Garmin navigation unit for fifty to a hundred dollars, it was. It's weird the way some of them, they were look. I think a lot of car manufacturers were using those add-ons as a as a really high margin profit center for a while. Yeah, definitely. Um, so anything else on on CarPlay? I mean, you've kind of no. I mean, yeah, no. I gotta I gotta figure out this car. It's like uh, everything's electronic. I did get in uh, one of those automatic um, dongles that you plug into your car. I have had those, uh, and it's they're kind of cool because they can tell you what's going on with your car. Um, like gas mileage and um, if you have any any air lights come on and that kind of thing it's uh, yeah, it helps you find your car in a parking lot they're, they're they're pretty nice and there's a newer new i had the original model and this is a newer updated model i thought i'd plug that in and get some you know go go deep on the car data for the summer and see what what comes of it yeah it sounds interesting uh so rob the that's enough about cars. How about we talk a little about a little bit about email? I know you're not an email guy by any stretch of the imagination, but um, I did do a review this past week. I guess it was a week ago exactly. It came out on a Sunday night, which is a really weird time. I think it was Sunday night um, because that's just when it got released. the The guys behind Bloop, the guys behind Airmail, are based in Italy, and they set their Airmail three. Mac app to go live at about 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. local time in Italy, which was uh, 11 o'clock for me, which was fine, but um, strange time for something to go live, but it worked out pretty well. And I've been using that for a while now, along with the iOS version, and I like it. I like it a lot better than what I was using before. Well, you've uh, you've managed to pick the one email app that I do know something about because uh, the, <clears throat> this Uh-oh. is actually what I use on the Mac. Um, I don't okay. use it on iOS, but I, I do use Airmail on the Mac. So, did you upgrade to uh, version three? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I, 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 I before I'd read your review, I kind of updated. I'd already updated, and you know, I could see a few kind of UI improvements and you know little bits here and there. And I could just tell that something was different when I was like, you know, reading email and stuff. Um, there's some kind of nicer, slicker animations there and things like that. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I upgraded, and you know, as you say, I'm not a huge kind of email person. I don't get a lot of email anyway. But uh, but yeah, it's you know, it's a nice, nice uh, improvements to to kind of the little things like UI and animations and stuff like that. Certainly from my point of view. Yeah, and I've I've taken a different approach to email with this because. For a while, I was doing email mainly on iOS, and I was using Microsoft Outlook, which I still really like. I mean, I think it's a an excellent um, excellent app because I was using the Focus 
uh, tab. They basically have a way to, you know, they surface emails from individuals and things that you mark as important. You can kind of teach it, give it rules, and it'll it'll put in the focus tab all of your important email. And so I was doing that, which was great, except that it meant that I never really looked at all my email, and so it built up to the point where I had over a thousand emails in my inbox, wow. and I blew those all out one weekend. Um, but but the nice thing about airmail, and I think if you if you dig a little deeper into airmail three, you'll see that there's a couple of different things. One is there's a lot more customization in terms of the like the sidebar UI, uh, that you know different ways to different labels and buttons you can use to sort through your email a lot faster, as well as these action um, action extensions. Basically, it's a little more than the share sheet that you find in a lot of Mac apps these days. Uh, they they actually tie in with things like Trello, um, to do and, and some of their own, um, actions that you can, you can assign to buttons that, that, uh, I think there are a total of four buttons that sit just above the detail of, um, of an email. And I set mine up with Trello for one, because one thing that we do a fair amount of, you know, I get a fair amount of Mac stories, reader email, and sometimes it just comes to me and it's something that should go in the newsletter. So, uh, I can, with Trello, I can shoot that email right into Trello and, and we can address it from there. Um, and then I have to do, cause that'll take the whole email and drop it into the notes. Whoa. Did you hear that? I did. Oh, shit. Come <laughs> on, John. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> I opened up airmail. John, no. <laughs> and I didn't have do not disturb on. <laughs> so those are my emails coming in. <laughs> All right. That's good for the show, I guess. Perfect. Anyway, so yes, now I have do not disturb on Rob. Excellent. I wanted to make sure I had the buttons right. Uh, so I have fantastic Al and unsubscribe buttons too. And unsubscribe is pretty nice because it'll do its best to bounce the email and unsubscribe you from the uh, the list. Oh, right, that's nice. Uh, yeah, and then there's three dots next to those buttons, and that gets you access to other, other, um, other actions. So you know, I like it that way. I mean, it, it allows me that the sorting is really nice because you can do things like very easily see all the emails from one person, sort them by date, or um, sort them by by account. Uh, you can set up VIPs, which I kind of like. That way, I you know, I generally don't have a lot of notif. Uh, despite the the beeps you just heard, I don't have a lot of notifications on at least on iOS I pretty much have them turned off except for VIPs and you can kind of set those up as you go along um, you know for like friends and family and that kind of thing as opposed to the iBooks summer biggest books email I just got that you heard beep and the nuzzle email that I got this morning sure that sounds good yeah so uh, those are good it, it brought what it did is it brought a lot of the the iOS um, features over to the Mac is effectively what it did Cool. So from uh, email, because um, you know, as, as you've said, I don't have a lot to say about email because I don't don't use it too much. But uh, yeah, you know, ML ML three seems like a nice option if you're looking for a you know an e- email client, and, and you know, iOS seems nice as well. Um, but I wanted to just to talk a little bit about WWDC. Uh, not too much because I think uh, you know I think a lot of the other you know I guess real in in quotes real tech podcasts will probably overwhelm us over the next next week or so. Um, but there was a couple of things I wanted to talk about. There's a really good episode of Connected recently, uh, episode 92, uh, where Federico, he bought a Nexus 5X. 5, 5X um, right. 
and you know he kind of the whole episode was him kind of talking through his you know his thoughts and 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 you know what he thought of uh kind of android and you know the, the other side of the coin because i mean he is he is 100 percent ios now so it's kind of interesting to to hear from his point of view what what he thinks of android and um you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there about the home screen and notification center. You know, the equivalent of notification center. Um, you know, because for the most part, Android and iOS are very similar. They just kind of right. they implement some of the features slightly differently. Right. Um, but the one that the one point that I really want to just just briefly mention was the <clears throat> the home screen um, and home screen widgets and. Uh, you know, just uh, being able to kind of have quick access to that information, um, and and I think like you know people have wanted widgets for for quite a while, and and they released the the today widgets for the notification center, um, and it kind of made me realize that actually the home screen itself just it hasn't changed since the iPhone released. Um, you know, it's still this just kind of grid. Um, you can't have gaps between apps, which is one thing that kind of bugs me sometimes. Um, and I, I just, I'm not sure if I have any faith that Apple are ever gonna kind of change the home screen. Not ever, um, you know. To quote John Syracuse, you know, on an infinite time scale. But um, right, you know, certainly in the near future, I, I don't really see them kind of changing that. And you know, we've spoken before where I've kind of mentioned on well, maybe looking at Android as an alternative. Um, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I, I, I thought that was a really interesting episode of Connected too, uh, and I've had the benefit of kind of watching Federico testing that out in the Mac Story Slack for a while, uh, and I think you know I think it was a, it's a good experiment, and he's still it's still ongoing, and I think he'll write about it at some point. Uh, a couple of things, I guess. One is I agree. I don't think that the home screen is going to change anytime soon, um, and I think the implementation of things like today widgets, um, spotlight search and control center all kind of point towards that. Those all add power and a lot, a lot of the same similar type things that Android can do, but in a, but in a different way, as you said, um, mainly to preserve the simplicity of the home screen, I think. Yeah, I, I do see that. And, and, you know, Apple are well known for kind of, or, <clears throat> you know, certainly have been kind of keeping it, keeping everything like this is our way of doing it and you kind of deal with it that way but as you say it's also like simple and kind of easy to use for you know all levels of kind of expertise and stuff um yeah because i I ask people pretty regularly who are not big iphone users i'll show them something like a notification center said did you know that this exists or the spotlight search how to search for an app and most people don't know that that stuff exists yeah i mean i i think I think maybe what I'm really getting at is that I maybe want to switch to Android. Um, yeah. I think maybe that's probably that's somewhat because my the way I use my iPhone has changed quite a lot in in kind of the last year or so because you know I finished university and full time working. Um, I, I just feel like maybe what I want from my phone is something more like Android, where I do have quick access to you know widgets and stuff like that directly from the home screen, and I actually don't use a lot of apps. Um, mm-hmm. on a regular basis so you know i'm gonna see i'm gonna see what wwdc brings and so i have to wait until september to see what the iphone what iphone gets released and then google's announcement will probably be a couple of weeks after that um as, right. as, as is tradition but um but yeah it's something i'm definitely considering i mean i mentioned before 
iMessage is kind of, you know, one of those things that I kind of like to keep, but at the same time, I, I think I could probably just switch to other messaging apps like WhatsApp or Telegram, things like that. Yeah, I've actually, I, I, I still use iMessage a lot, but Telegram really is my preferred preferred app now. Um, and a decent number of people, you included, that I know are on it. Um but there's still a lot who aren't. Yeah, I, I kind of hear what you're saying in terms of Android. I mean, you can't really go wrong with Android. There's nothing, obviously, wrong with Android at all. Um, I, after kind of watching Federico go through this, been thinking a little bit about how I need to kind of do something similar. I may not uh, pick up an Android phone soon, but uh, just kind of test out what's going on in other corners of the technology universe so that I have a broader perspective on some of this stuff, which I think um, he has now and um, I think is valu valuable to have. Um, I will mention one today, one today widget thing that I know, although it's not a widget on the home screen, has really changed and increased my use of today widgets, which is the uh, the launcher widget sure uh, because they just up updated not too long ago and what you can do is you can have multiple launchers in your today um today widget screen so i've actually got let's see i've got three right now right i've got one that's dedicated to messaging so it's got like you're in there for telegram and you know some of my family on iMessage that kind of thing and then i've got one that's dedicated to mac stories where i have Direct, direct links into Trello, um, the Telegram channel that we do, and different channels within Slack that I use on there. And then I have another one that will show me, it's kind of my commuter one. It's got Overcast, um, an Apple Music playlist, the Apple wallet for when I buy my coffee, and my train ticket. And that one, and you can set these up for, make them location and time-based. So, for instance, the one that's the commuter one only shows up in the morning for a couple of hours when I'm normally going to work, and then it disappears for the rest of the day. And that's really that's really been um, a game changer for me because now I can, especially you know, Slack is kind of a they've gotten better and better at the navigation on iOS, but it's really nice to have a button that I can I can just pull down and have a button and go directly into the channel that I want because I do spend a fair amount of time. Um, bouncing between different channels, at least on the uh, Mac Story Slack. Yeah, definitely. And I don't want to sound like I'm kind of, you know, uh, poo-pooing uh, today widgets, uh, for want of a better phrase. You know, I'm not, you know, I do find some of them useful. Um, I think I maybe have three or four there. I've got uh, Mondo, which is this this new uh, kind of banking app. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I have, obviously, my calendar. Um, I have uh, battery deliveries is there for when I've got deliveries in the app. Um, I yep, also I have, a, have a, a widget for one of these TV show apps. I can't remember which one it is. Um, you know, that kind of show me what episodes are coming up. Right. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's not that they're not useful, but I, I guess to some extent, I, th I feel like how I use my phone now, I kind of just want to open it up and I either want to open like one of maybe three or four apps or just see some of this information that's already in the today widgets, um, and I think maybe Android will will serve my purpose a little, <clears throat> you know, serve my use case a little bit better. Um, and I think I think what I'm probably going to do, um, you know, as I say, depending on WWDC and other things in September, um, I think I might just go for the Android phone, um, you know, because they're significantly cheaper than iPhones. Um, yep. Try it for a month or two, and if I don't like it, you know, sell it on. And, 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 you know, maybe go back to iPhone if, if that's what I want to do. Um, I feel yeah. like that's maybe the best option. 
if I really want to try it out. Yeah, I found myself on Amazon looking at the Android phones not too not too long ago because <laughs> Federico got a really good deal. I don't know; he must have really found a good sale because mm. when I look when I looked at the model he got here in the U.S., it was more like three hundred and seventy dollars, which was a little more than I wanted to spend. Um, yeah, widgets wise, just to round it out, I've got clock, which gives me uh, the time in various places, people I deal with, and then copied. And a little game, a little endless runner game called Steve, which is kind of fun. A little dinosaur runs and has to jump over a cacti. Um, and then deliveries like you do. And then the batteries app, which tells me how much battery I have on my phone and on my watch. And that's about it for now. Yeah, I'd actually, now you've mentioned watch, that is another um, thing that I've got to consider. Because um, I like having oh. a smartwatch of some description. Um, and of course, if I go to Android... Um, I don't know. I don't know what the best watch is. I'm I'm not really in this world, so I don't know. I don't know what the best watch is, or or if any of them are any good. Um, I mean, there's plenty of choice, which is you know that's kind of one of Android's uh, you know biggest features is the amount of choice you can have and stuff like that. So, but right. yeah, I mean, the watch is another thing I'd have to consider. Um, yeah, I didn't think about I that. Would swap, swap that out for. You could just keep your uh, iPhone and uh, and um, and keep it in your bag and and, and have it kind of do nothing but serve your watch. I mean, I suppose I've still got my Pebble Pebble Steel around somewhere. I suppose I could go back to that for a little bit and go back to that world for for a time. Did, did you Did you see the new Pebbles that came out this week? <clears throat> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> they raised a lot of money fast. I'm surprised. I think the thing is they they I think they're doing a lot better now you know, in the last kind of six months to a year because they're not trying to compete with the Apple Watch. Um right. per se. They are I think they're serving a completely different market to what the Apple Watch is serving. Like the Apple Watch if you've got an iPhone, the Apple Watch is the watch to get, I think. For, for you know, for the most part. Like it's deeply integrated with the operator with the OS and, and stuff like that. Um you know, but the the Pebble kind of it, it's got seven day battery life. It can work on iPhone, Android, I think it works on Windows Phone as well. Um, you know, it's a little bit more customizable. Um, you know, they, they, they're doing really well. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about them being on Kickstarter again. You know, this is they're a multi-million dollar company and they're kind of just doing Kickstarters for all their projects. But, you know, I guess if it works for them. Yeah, I mean, I, right, Kickstarter's not what it once was, that's for sure. No. Um, I haven't. I can't say much about the new Pebble, because I only just saw a few pictures of it, which I didn't think it looked all that nice, but um, I haven't really read much about it, other than it's a little more advanced, so. Yeah, so um, so yeah, maybe I'll, maybe if I get an Android phone, I'll have to uh, dig out my Pebble again and, and use that for a little bit until I've made a decision. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. So... We haven't gotten yet to your purchases this week, and so what did you what did you go out and do, Rob? So, I think it was last week's episode of Remaster was all about Uncharted Four. Um, I, did you li- you didn't listen to the whole thing, did you? No, I didn't listen to it at all. Um, I know. I, saved I, del- it. I, del- I deleted it. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> I, I I've still I still have it, but it's at the bottom of my Overcast list. Um, yeah, I'll go I'll go back to it too at some point. Um, so I have a playlist on Overcast of episodes I want to get to when I've watched things. Um, it's generally no, full of um, incomparable episodes yeah. when they talk yeah, about that's movies a good, and things. Yeah, that's a good idea because I usually just keep those sitting around in the regular um, you know the regular playlist, and then I wonder why do I have this old co- copy of Incomparable. 
Yeah, so it's generally, um, you know, I'll put incomparable episodes in there, defocus sometimes if it's, you know, if they do like Civil War, for example, um, you know, if, if that had come out before I'd seen it, I would have put that in there as well and just get to it. But um, so, yeah, Remaster had a whole episode about Uncharted, which I didn't listen to. Um, I, I started and then realized what the episode was about and, and stopped. Um, and then uh, David and Ben on the Bit Podcast, uh, they they spoke about it a little bit as well. But again, I kind of listened to the first bit and then stopped. Um you yep. know, and there's a lot of people tweeting and saying, oh, Uncharted's great. And I think there was some mention on a couple of other podcasts as well. And uh, so, yeah, I kind of caved and, and just bought bought a PS4 and, and Uncharted because I didn't have a PS4 previously. Um, yep. So to play this one game, was <laughs> I needed to buy the whole console as well. Yeah, no, I, it, it's a great game. I have not played. I've hardly scratched the surface because I've been busy. Uh, but I've been watching my kids play it a little bit more, and I, I just lo- love the way this game looks, and it's a, it's a lot of fun, just kind of right from the from the get go. Yeah, I mean, it, it, immediately as you say, the graphics um, are ama- like I initially I thought I was watching a video. There was there was a certain section right near the beginning. I think it was the first scene, and, and I was like, wait, is it, is this video? Are they showing me like, or is this? And the, and the graphics are, are just amazing um and you know the gameplay I've, I've played maybe four or five hours of it yesterday um and you know if you've played any other uncharted this is it's it's that but you know the, the graphics are improved because it's obviously a you know a, a current gen console yep now i think we've hit the uh sweet spot for ps4 right now because uh, the graphics and gameplay on this game are amazing and i we also recently got ratchet and clank and that game too is just um really well done just from uh the, the visual standpoint yeah definitely so the um so the ps4 but the, the other reason i kind of jumped on it i was i was actually waiting out a little bit for to buy a ps4 because i was like oh i'm gonna see what happens at e3 if this rumored new ps4 comes out um and, and then i kind of the uh the uncharted 4 console um kind of caught my eye uh, I'd, I'd seen some uh pictures of it before but i, I kind of saw it on amazon um and obviously this is a limited edition console it comes in like a nice uh dark bluey gray um and it's got like a silhouette of nathan drake on it um and some like nice gold writing and a gold logo on it um, so yeah, that was kind of what tipped me over the edge. I I tweeted about the the console, and and somebody said to me, "Oh, you know, it's limited edition, and you know, it won't be available for long." And I kind of I just went, "Oh, fine, I'll order it then." <laughs> you know, you've convinced <laughs> me. Everyone's twisted my arm, and so yeah, I mean, and I got it yesterday, and and just even the console, it, it's just kind of nice to not have a another black box to go underneath the TV. Um, sure, you know, have something that looks a little bit nicer. Yeah, no, it's a great. Uh, I, I we've been really happy with the PS4. I've you know the games are really good, and I think they're really solid right now, and just starting to really hit their stride in terms of making use of the technology that's in the in the PS4 itself. So I think you'll probably like it, um, along with all the other games. You'll, I'm sure you're already considering buying. Yeah, well, I, I, I actually said to you, I think before we recorded, um, I've just come back from. Uh, I used to work at a, a secondhand game shop, and and I went after playing Uncharted Four. For you know, a few hours yesterday, I went out this morning, took a load of games and Blu-rays that I had lying around that I wanted to trade in, and traded those in to get the Uncharted collection so I could replay Uncharted one, two, and three. Because um, mm-hmm. I was just you know, after after playing Uncharted four, I was just kind of really excited to, to you know play even more of this style of game, and so yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, you know what? Another one you might like, especially if you like Nathan Drake, is the uh, the, to- the latest Tomb Ra- Raider Definitive Edition. That's a really good game on PS4. Yeah, so I've got... Uh, do you mean Definitive Edition, or do you mean Rise of the Tomb Raider, the new one? Or mm-hmm. either of no, them, no, actually. <laughs> actually, uh, no, I was thinking of the... the. I guess, is it Laura Croft Tomb Raider Definitive... I don't remember the exact name. Yeah. It's, I'm thinking of the earlier one, not the most recent one, uh, which okay. I haven't really looked at. Yeah, so I've it's played qu- I've played the the earlier one that you're talking about. Um, I played that yeah, on yeah. Xbox 360, but I've also got the definitive edition on Xbox One. Um, okay, I, I I've started playing that, and I, I started playing Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is the new you know the newer game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of a couple of hours into that as well, so I'm kind of scattering myself all over the place. Um, so I'm still finishing off Sunset Overdrive as well. So so yeah, I'm just kind of jumping between all the controllers, all the consoles. No, that's cool. Yeah, no, there's a lot of, I mean, Firewatch, obviously, a good one to get on the PS4. Um, Unraveled is kind of cool. Those are both good games. There's Rocket League as well as another one that I still want to uh, have a go at. No, you should definitely do that. That was, at least, do you have a, I assume you have a PS4 subscription then, or the, whatever they call it, Sony Digital? Uh, I don't yet, but I will do. I I plan on getting one. It, It. it's good. I mean, they they have they have a lot of good deals. Plus, they always have some free game out there, and Rocket League has been that free game for a while. That's how we got it, and it is a lot of fun. Oh, is it the free game at the moment then? I don't know if it is at the moment. Oh. We got it a long time ago, free. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll double check if it is. Then I'll jump on getting the subscription today. If it's not, then I'll you know I'll grab a subscription at some point. Um, you know, they they're, they're not too bad. I don't think it's like forty pound for a year. Um, yeah, that's about what it is. And you too. can you can generally get them a little bit cheaper on uh, there's Amazon or there's a few places that that just sell you the codes online. Uh, you can generally get them in the UK for about thirty or thirty five pounds. So I'll probably jump on that. And you know, between the Xbox Xbox Live on the Xbox One and, and PS Plus, I mean, you get all the free games and stuff. So it's you know definitely worth the price. Yeah, definitely. It makes it make you know they do they make it worth the while. I think overall. Mm. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, I think that was it for video games. Uh, we just wanted to, you know, be part of the the conversation of Uncharted Four because uh, everyone else seems to be talking about it. So yeah, I think I'm going to actually dig in myself today because I just finished a big article for Max Stories. I have one other thing I have to get out because we've got our Club Max Stories monthly newsletter coming out tomorrow, and I've only got a rough draft of that. I need to finish that up this morning so that uh, Graham can start putting together the newsletter. But as soon as I'm done with that, I think I want to play Uncharted the rest of the day. Nice, that's a good call. Well, maybe yeah. when we've uh, both finished the game, we'll um. We can play each other on the uh, the multiplayer. Yeah, have definitely. Have a go at that as well. So. Yep. Um, Rocket League, too, Rocket League Two, you can do uh, multiplayer. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, there we go. I shall I shall deal with that once we finish recording. <laughs> All right. So um, we got one more thing. Uh, we're not going to reveal who. Um, you can you can wait for a couple of weeks, but uh, you're not going to be on the next episode, John. I know I've been kicked off the show because I'm going to be at WWDC, and um, while I probably have time to record, I'm not confident that the Wi-Fi at my hotel is going to be sufficient to uh, to do a decent job recording. So we're going to bring in a special guest to fill in for me for that week. We are so um, so yeah. I've I've allowed you the week, the uh, the week off to uh, to enjoy your WWDC week. Um, and yeah, we'll have a special guest, um, me and special guest, we'll be talking about various different things, um, probably Lego, some games, WWDC maybe, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. 
Yeah, I'm actually going to be bringing my portable microphone kit out to San Francisco, and I've got a bunch of interviews lined up with developers, so stay tuned for where you might be seeing those. Uh, you could probably guess it has something to do with Mac stories. Sure, so. of course. But uh, <laughs> so you, you, you could uh, maybe you could send us a little recording uh, while you're at WWC, be a roving will, reporter. I will. All right, I'll stick a microphone under uh, Mike's nose or something. <laughs> Perfect. Well, um, enjoy WWDC. Thank you. And uh, and you will be back in in four weeks, and and I'll be back in two. All right, sounds great. Speak to you later, John. Bye bye. Bye.